Welcome back to the Joey P Project, the place where science and myth collide. So, now as we continue our adventure into the human condition, do not forget, you can follow along on this journey with me by hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, and or Google Play Music. So don't forget to go and subscribe to the podcast, hit download, give a listen, have some laughs, maybe some tears, get angry, whatever it is you do when you do it. Also, do not forget that you can follow along on updates of the show on Twitter at the Joey P Project. And for all you and for all you um old school cats, there is also a Joey P on Facebook. For the old schoolers. Personally, in this kind of thing, Twitter works way much better. I can see why uh, President uh, Douchebag Von Fuckface uses Twitter. Um, it's way more um, effective in reaching people and with this kind of stuff than Facebook is. That has nothing to do with what we're doing here today, and I don't even know why I'm talking about it. So, disregard that. Just remember, you can follow along on Twitter or Facebook at the Joey P Project. Put it in that little magnifying glass search thing, write Joey P Project, see it, follow, have some good times. So, you know, it was the end of summer, so we took a little time off, had to do some stuff, but we're back and ready to rock and roll, picking up where we left off with the uh, Arrogance of Man series. Uh, When we last, you know, hung out with each other via the cast of Pods, We did a quick show, well, not really quick, but uh, we did a show on artificial intelligence and the upcoming doom of it upon the human race. Now, we will be going back into that because this Arrogance of Man series is going to keep continuing. But today, you know, we like to, we're going to go back and forth, kind of like a volley. Um, I got a good friend named Jimmy the K01, who is a big tennis guy, gigantic backhand. Massive, massive overhand. Guys, guys, a baller on the tennis court. Um, I'm not much of a tennis player, I'll admit, to begin with. But, you know, he's a, he's a tennis guy. And I don't even know how I got here either. Wow, I'm off the rails like twice already. But So back to, uh, you know, the job at hand. We're going to be picking up with the arrogance of man stuff. And today is climate change. Um, climate change, the scary version, my scary version could be a scary version for everyone, but what I think is truly scary about the climate changing and the arrogance of man that goes into climate change itself, there's a lot of human arrogance involved in climate change and a lot of things that we don't seem to look at that I'm seeing, I'm looking at and wondering, you know, wow, that could really be the scariest version of the whole thing. So what my scary version is, ding, 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 here we go, is that um, man isn't causing it. Now they say, well, why is that so scary? Uh, Duh. If man isn't causing it, and of course nature itself is, the planet is, that doesn't, you know, bode well for the species that are living on the planet, and humans are, you know, one of those species. Now, I got into this today also because... With climate change comes extreme weather, which next spring we're shooting for being out, taking the project out to uh, Tornado Alley so we can get some shots and some video and some and some pictures and do some shows from Tornado Alley and just look at how powerful nature really is. And then 
go into hurricane season, if I'm really lucky, find the volcano. Now, the cool thing about finding a volcano is I might not have that much of a problem next year because we just had that big solar eclipse. And the last time that this solar eclipse happened back in 1979, one year later, Mount St. Helens went boom, boom, boom. So, again, arrogance of man. We don't control nature or storms. And we're looking at Hurricane Harvey right now. It's getting ready to rock and roll on the Texas coast. And what do we do when a hurricane comes? Well, I lived through Hurricane Irene, which, you know, was rough, but flooded a lot, did some damage, tore off some decks. I was living on the beach in Connecticut at the time. But, you know, we got to move back in. But then the next year came Hurricane Sandy. I saw that thing up close and personal. I was the last person to evacuate from the beach that day. Um, the last one to evacuate the house. I uh, couldn't get back down the street the next day. Let's just say that Sandy ate that house. The house was part of a meal of that hurricanes, and I never lived in that home again. Why? The storm ate it. It got destroyed is basically what happened. That, that was a powerful, powerful freak of nature storm. But was it really a freak? Was You know, when nature and everything opens up, what can we really do? All right. People are going to be like, well, that, you know, it was, a, it was a recipe for disaster, but that's nature, okay? It had the rising oceans, the swell, all of it. it stayed out over the water for a while. It gained a lot of strength. It stopped all that. The moon was involved, of course. It was high tide when it struck in. You know, water was what destroyed the house I lived in. Um, that house was probably about, I don't know, a couple hundred feet off of the water, you know, a hundred or so. And uh, the water went through the bottom of the house. It was about five feet up on the wall. You could see the water line. So just imagining where that was anyway. But what is the arrogance of man when it comes to climate change? That one, we're causing it. And two, that we can do something about it. Now, when I'm talking about all these storms and all this other stuff, what I'm saying is when nature rocks and rolls, there's nothing we can really do about it. If you look down in Texas right now, what are they going to do? This hurricane's coming. Same thing I did in Sandy and the whole area that was going to be affected by it. The only thing humans can do, evacuate. When this stuff comes, when nature starts rock and rolling, all humans can do is run for cover. So, scary version of, of the climate, which is, you know, it is changing. Um, people can debate whether or not humans are part of it. That's fine. But, you know, while you're wasting time figuring that out, you should be prepping for living in a world with a changing climate and everything that's going to happen with it. Um, they tried. They didn't do very well. If you look at Hurricane Katrina, okay, the levee system failed. So what did they do? They built the levee system up. They rebuilt it, uh, raised it about I don't, I don't even know exactly. I'm thinking it's about 10 feet. It's already too low. Now, why is it low? People are like, well, sea levels are rising. Yes, that is part of it. But the other part of it is while sea levels were rising, New Orleans is also sinking. Now, that's the thing. The earth moves. It does its own thing. It travels in cycles. Weather does. But the the the, the surface and... The land masses, they move also. You know, you do remember way back when, well, you don't remember, but you learned about, you know, plate tectonics and how the continental shift and everything moved. Um, that was part of a great extinction. There was five great extinctions. Many people think we're living in the sixth, but the fact is that the ground also moves. 
All right. And New Orleans is sinking while the ocean is rising. It's happening in a bunch of places. Which also leads to when, you know, those scientist dudes or whoever comes back, army engineers, whatever, and they're like, we built the levee, but we're already, uh, the sea level's already passed, you know, our 2020 projections. Well, it's because you geniuses didn't figure in the fact that New Orleans, New Orleans was also sinking. All right. Yes, the sea level rose, but your calculations were off and the levee's too low now because where you built the levee also sank. So if the land is sinking, the water is rising, um, you're going to get faster results. So we really need to put, as Trump would say, smarter people on the job because we have to start, you know, preparing to take care of the coastal cities because they're going to be gone. Um, anyone who's into real estate, you know, the whole Lex Luthor thing from the original Superman when he bought up all that desert land in California and then tried to hit the San Andreas Fault with a nuke to make all that desert land he bought now beachfront property, you know, you could probably buy that now, leave the nuke out of it, and the earth will do the rest of the work for you, and you'll be sitting pretty in 50 years. And they always say, you know, with climate change, are we going to leave anything to our children and grandchildren? Well, you know what? If you buy up all that land, you will be. You'll be leaving them prime real estate. So, you know, it goes either way. All right, so. I have thought about this and people go nuts over climate deniers and it was it was you know it 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 is frustrating or it was frustrating to me but the whole the whole way I look at it is I don't blame them I blame I'm going political I blame the democratic party for people not believing in climate change and people are like, well, well, why do you say that? Well, because these geniuses made it political. They turned it into a campaign. Uh, uh, they turned it into a campaign thing and a party position. And then their brilliant idea to deal with it was to tax it. Now, right there, they lost. Human, they lost. You know, the rest of America, the other part. What we need is for governments to stop politicizing human issues happens all the time. And there are a lot of people on the other side. Now they all pretty much believe that the climate is changing. I mean, the jury's out on it, but where they are stuck and where it really hits a snag is how to deal with it. So that's the whole thing. The planet. Yes. The climate is changing. Guess what? climate on earth has changed many many times before and it will change many many more times after now they add they add the argument that it's man-made fossil fuels well yes we are putting a lot of co2 and carbon into the atmosphere but there is also natural carbon going into into the uh, atmosphere it's called the carbon cycle and about 40 percent or give or take of the uh, carbon from fossil fuels that we burn ends up in the oceans. And you're like, wait, I don't know. Carbon is stored in the ocean. Um, plant life eats it, uses it. That's how um, creatures build shells. Their shells go through a carbon process. That's how you get clams and all those other fun things. And the carbon sinks. So now there's a problem with the water 
temperature rising, um, the, wa the warmer that the water gets, the more carbon comes to the surface, escapes into the atmosphere, causes the greenhouse effect. Carbon is also trapped in rock and sediment and soils and then released, you know, every so often through the process. So it is also carbon being released is also a natural thing. It's a natural process. Now us adding to it, you know, they say that the last time there was this much carbon dioxide in the earth's atmosphere, modern humans didn't exist. All right. Back then it was after dinosaurs, but more of like the, the, the like mega two sharks and stuff were in the ocean and the, uh, the world's the sea level of planet earth was about a hundred feet higher than it is today. And the, the global surface temperature was about 10 degrees warmer than it is now. So this has happened on earth before. Now what's the scary version that the species that were living on the planet didn't fare very well. You know, it was lights out for them, but this has all happened before we have been here. Well, we haven't, but the earth has been here before. It's a fluctuating. The earth itself is a living being itself. And it fluctuates and it changes and the climate changes back and forth. You go from cool to warm and it's just a process. Now, the scary part of that process is when it does do that, it's usually an extinction level event. Now, where's the arrogance of humans? Humans don't think we could ever go extinct. A lot of people don't even think about it. They just make slogans like save the planet. Now, how arrogant is that? Save the planet? No, the planet doesn't need us to save it. The planet could save itself real quick and real easy, and that would be to eliminate us. But they can't do that. Yeah, nature can select whoever it wants for extinction. It's called natural selection. Humans could very well be selected for extinction, as could other species. I mean, if there was ever a species that deserved to be selected for extinction, it is human beings because we have caused the extinction of many, many, many other species. Now, around 93% of all life, creatures, whatever you want to call them, that has ever lived on planet Earth is extinct right now. There's only 7% rocking and rolling. Now, this is throughout the whole history of this planet. No, not the 6,000 years like some bub like some Bible belt there thumpers like to say, that's just anyway, but no, not going back hundreds of millions of years of life, starting from a single cell to where we are now, 93% of things that have lived are gone. So what if it's happening again? I mean, you have to at least think about that, right? That has to at least be thrown in there, right? When the powers to be are doing like a Paris Accord, there has to be part, a, a moment taken and a discussion had about what if this is just happening naturally and how can us as an intelligent species with the technology at hand and all our science and innovation figure out a way to live and coexist on a planet as it changes. Like you would think that for the first time, a species has the ability to stop its own extinction and that we could start figuring out ways better than the ways they have to, to live and adapt. Now, isn't that what evolution is? Evolution is either you adapt or you perish. You evolve or you're gone. 
we should be doing that. We shouldn't be just fighting or, or like their, their, their great idea. Their big, their big idea is to tax it. Okay. That's the best you got, you know, all, all the accomplishments and achievements of humankind. And the, the best thing you got is tax it. What's the other thing? Stop eating meat, go vegetarian. Really? That's the best you can come up with. Unplug. You know, they tell you to unplug stuff. Don't use as much electricity, uh, walk, ride bikes, all that fun stuff. Like these, these, these are the, uh, the ideas that, that you're getting and there's gotta be better ones. I mean, to, it's arrogant to assume that we can do anything about this to like, stop it. It's more logical for us to prepare to live in a world where the climate is what it is as it changes, adapt with the climate and live with it. And to think that we can just stop it by taxing a corporation or riding a bike and eating a salad, like seriously. So you, you're going to tell me to eat a salad and there's no way people are, are going to like unplug. People are so addicted to electricity. It's unreal. Going back to the hurricane. I've been through once in New York city was a huge blackout. I had no power for seven days. Irene was seven days. I never got power back in Sandy. I just had to go all the places where there was power. But just being in your house one day and the power goes out, say a storm knocks something down on a pole, on a polar transformer blows or something. And you have no power for like five or six hours. People lose their minds. People don't know what to do without electricity. And now you're going to tell them not to use electricity. Okay. One thing they could do, of course, is upgrade our infrastructure and make all our electrical plants and everything more modern and run more efficient. That'd be a start. Awesome. Stop running old stuff. Like when I was in New York City, we had that week-long blackout. There was manholes shooting up in the air. Those manhole covers are very heavy. They were shooting straight up into the air because, you know, it was old archaic equipment underneath just exploding. And it was summertime. They couldn't handle all the air conditioners in New York City. And that's another thing. You're going to tell people to stop using AC. Good luck with that. You know, everyone gets so preachy until they have to turn the AC off and sit in a 105 degree house. Yeah. Save. Let's see if they're going to try to save the planet when that happens. And to me, the best way to handle climate change or fossil fuel consumption and CO2 is honestly population control. We have too many useless people on this planet just using stuff and causing causing problems. So what do you do, right? All right, so so these are the, the bright ideas that people come up with. These are the things that, you know, we've got to work better. We've got to get better. And we've got to prepare to try to live in a changing climate, not just be arrogant and claim that we can stop it. And thinking that we can stop the planet Earth from doing whatever the planet Earth wants to do is insane. So now we we do need to move and find new fuels just just for the greater good of humanity. Um, we're not going to explore space or inner space or inner space the oceans and stuff using gas. All right, gas is it, it's time to go bye-bye from gas. It's time for us to take our next evolutionary step in human technology and start using finding other forms of of power. And 
stop arguing over archaic stuff. I mean, you don't see people dying to use steam engines anymore. There came a time where the steam engine had to go and we had to move to a combustion engine and now it's starting to move on from that. You would think that they would put all like all this ingenuity into doing that, all this human effort into doing that, and they haven't really come up with anything better. I mean, they're making strides. They're doing their thing. I see that um, NASA has a ship that's they're building running on renewables, and that's all fine and whatnot. We'll get into that another time. What we're doing here is more climate and arrogance of man. Now, like I said earlier, there has been five great extinctions on this planet. So this has happened before, all right? I mean, people can be like, no, no, an asteroid, like, killed dinosaurs. Yeah, there was an uh, impact event on record in the Yucatan. Now, it's conflicting. Some, some scientists say that, you know, the time is off by 100,000 years. Some say it was it. Who knows? But it is, it is a very, very, very likely impossible thing that occurred and you know wreaked habit on the planet that was also combined with a lot of volcanic activity but of course dinosaurs there was dinosaurs that lived millions and millions and millions of years apart so there was already dinosaurs that went extinct by the time that hit but they call that like the great extinction because things really popped off but there's been five to to date and i don't i don't even know why they name these like prehistoric like eras and, and ages the way they name them or why they name dinosaurs the way they do like why do they have to name these things so nobody can pronounce them it makes no sense to me like <laughs> like the first extinction was the ordo ordovician salarian extinction events you know cool 439 million years ago right now, here's the cool thing about, about that one, about the first extinction level event. It is climate related, but it's the opposite, right? It was, it was caused by like the retreat of ice sheets, advanced retreat, all the ice sheet stuff in the, hemis- in the southern hemisphere that actually caused um, global cooling, so that uh, that first extinction event was actually caused by it being too cold. Now, mind at that you know point in time, all all life was in the sea. Life didn't life hadn't emerged from the sea yet and made it to the land. It was still in the sea. So of course, the cooling event and the ice sheets and and the water temperature could cause these this life to to die, which it did. After that, there was the um. <laughs> the late Devion I can't even read this I might need to go see an eye, eye guy you know, it is, is the mic is like in a weird spot where I'm trying to look at this piece of paper I gotta revamp the whole studio but the Devionian extinction 364 million years ago I'm like looking through this pop filter at this piece of paper I gotta work on that but anyway so there was that one and that one was long term. That one was spread out over 20 million years. Now, that's a long time to just have things not working out for life. But 
there it is again. It was the earth doing what the earth does, whatever it wants. This planet is growing like we grow, like all life grows. It grows, it changes, it evolves. The earth is no different than any other form of life. It is life upon life. <sighs> so that one lasted about 20 million years. There was no, no one going, we need to save the planet. We just, like, what were they going to tax at that point? They're looking to tax something. I guess, I guess they could. But um, that began about 380 million years ago and went and ended about 364 million years ago. Again, sorry, Bible belters. Earth's not 6,000 years old and it's not flat. More topics. <laughs> but that one was also linked to a major climate change, you know, possibly caused by eruptions of vulcan volcanoes. Now there was the uh there was a bunch of volcanoes in a, in a modern day Siberia and a major eruption might have caused rapid fluctuations in sea level. Re now what happens with massive uh volcanic eruptions is that reduces oxygen levels in the ocean. Again, life's in the ocean at that point and it dies. You know, killed, it starts with oxygen levels depleted from the ocean. Coral reefs are gone. Sponges, trilobites, all gone. And life went by by then. Next comes the Middle Permian. Was this climate related? Permian-Triassic event. 251 million years ago. Well, you get where I'm going with this. As you look at the those other two it was all climate related and it was all the earth doing it on its own all right no one was driving cars no one was burning coal it just happened on its own all right earth did it but that's the thing it didn't bode well for the species dominating the planet or any species living on the planet. So you can have people say, you know, man's causing it, man's contributing it, we're all, but we can fix it. And then you have other people who say, um, the Earth's climate goes in cycles and it's just natural. What's no one's saying is that the end game result for every time that the climate has changed and CO2 and all the levels and all the sea levels and everything that's going on has reached the level that it is today there was a major extinction event. Now the earth did it on its own five other times. Are we adding to the sixth one? Perhaps, but it could just be doing it on its own. But either way, we need to start preparing for it. And arguing over taxing people is really not how I see it, you know, playing out. We need to start building our buildings and structures. Our inf infrastructure needs to be upgraded and fixed. We need to stop building on the ocean. Or stop building on land that's already below sea level because, like happened in New Orleans, it's sinking on its own, which is making the sea level go up. Now. And then again, the fifth one, the, the late Triassic, that was when, you know, you're... The late Triassic, that was just massive volcanic activity, which is CO2, methane, and sulfur just... Humans probably wouldn't have been able to live then either because we wouldn't have, we would have died from the poison in, in the from the air that we were breathing. So the earth had done that before. 
on its own. And then, of course, the Cretaceous event 65 million years ago that volcanoes, um, asteroids, comet, you know, they even argue over whether it was an asteroid or a comet. They debate that. And it's all hypotheses, of course. Um, who knows, you know, aliens could have came back and wiped them all out to start over. They probably have done that a few times, perhaps. Alien visitors come back, wipe out Earth, stop, start over. Maybe they're doing that now. You know? You don't know. No one knows. What if climate change is being caused by aliens? What if they're raising the temperature of the planet again because that's where they need the temperature to be for them to be here? Maybe they breathe carbon. They have a different mixture of carbon and oxygen that we have that they breathe. Now, it it's again arrogant for humans to think that alien life breathes the same atmosphere that we breathe and handles the same temperatures that we handle and that life is the same for them as it is for us. That's arrogance again. That's human blindness that we just assume that every, you know, alien life works the same way as we do. That they breathe oxygen. What if they, maybe they breathe carbon and exhale oxygen while we breathe oxygen and exhale carbon. And for the people out there saying that carbon is not bad, just pull your car in your garage, shut the door, hang out in there with the car running. Let me know how it works out for you. Actually, don't. You'll end up in dead. So, also now, with ice, with ice sheets melting. Now, here's the tricky thing about, about melting ice. There's a difference between sea ice and land ice. Now, the, the problem ice that's melting is land ice. All right? It's not that the sea ice is melting off of Antarctica and then refreezing. That's supposed to, that just, that'll do it. That's like snowing in New York in December. It just happens. It's the land ice, it's the glaciers that were last in liquid form probably around 10,000 years ago. They've been frozen for thousands of years. Now, as those melt off, melt and break off and fall into the ocean, it does cause the sea levels to rise because you're adding more water into, you know, the ocean and it can hurt, you know, the salination of the ocean. But also what it does is it releases carbon into the atmosphere of its own carbon that was trapped inside of the ice or the permafrost because carbon is stored all over the place on this planet. Now, don't make the mistake of confusing sea ice with surface, with land ice. Also, the, the temperature, the surface temperature and then the temperature throughout the atmosphere, stratosphere, troposphere, all of it. There's a bunch of spheres also that go up in the space. It's not just you know, the <laughs> the hemisphere, the stratosphere, the troposphere, you know, that's that's all fun stuff. And the, the temperatures are different in each one of them. So keep that in mind too when, when, you, when you're discussing all this stuff and like saying what's some weirdo. Like don't listen to weirdos when it comes to this stuff. Like there was that weird case study done by like 15 ultra like conservative dudes 
and which is fine, but you got to bring people in on this who actually know what they're in on, not who are just, again, going with a political ideology. You know, human things that affect this planet. When it, There's just certain things that shouldn't be politicized. There's just nothing about it that's political. It's just what it is. What are we going to do? That'd be like if they detected an asteroid or comet on a collision course with Earth. Would you politicize it? Well, first of all, they wouldn't even let you know until it was about to happen because they wouldn't want the social breakdown of order that they, they have worked so hard to have. But you need to stop politicizing it. And again, that, that falls directly onto the Democratic Party, the liberals. You started this, you made it political, and you made it into a you made it into a campaign issue when it should have been a humanity issue. And you you just screwed up and you lost them and they're never going to agree with you. Just like you don't agree with them on things. Once it becomes political, it's once something becomes political, it's no longer about humanity. It's no longer about right and wrong or just what should be done. It becomes a nightmare, a mess and it's confusing and everyone, you know, they don't really want to fix it to begin with because if they can get votes being for it or against it, they'll keep it going for a while instead of fixing it, which will be, uh, be doing a show very soon, probably next week. That's cause that's called uh, create the disease, sell the cure. That's what we like to do as humans, you know, create the problem, sell the solution. It's classic human, human mankind. So back to the climate. Sorry, I keep going off in the places I shouldn't be. But back to, where was I? Ah, surface ice. Yes. Now there's. There's um, melting permafrost that is releasing CO2 and has the potential to release an extra 1.5 billion tons of carbon every year. Now, what these the melting permafrost will do is 1.5 billion tons of carbon is what they say we do a year in fossil fuels. Curious how they how they measure that. Curious why it even matters, you know, after a certain point, you know, it's just bad. But with the melting permafrost, this is again, nature now releasing its own carbon into the atmosphere. Now, basically what that is, is, you know, areas that are covered by tundra, they're just getting warmer. And what happens when it gets warmer? It melts. And for some reason, it's in these these areas seem to be getting warmer faster than other parts of the world. So they are predicting now that about half of the permafrost in the Northern hemisphere could disappear completely halfway through this century. Now, of course, right off the bat, that would just cause so many problems for wildlife. And the, the impact of that actually happens, the impact on the climate would be disastrous. Good luck trying to tax your way out of that one. And that's what I'm talking about. With stuff like this happening, you, there's no tax now. Like, taxing, unplugging your, your appliances when you're not using them, eating salads and not eating meat. Like you, It's time to, to stop politicizing. It's time to come up with real solutions. Like building houses that can survive in this climate. You know what I mean? Figuring out ways to, to grow food 
and, and to survive. We need to figure out a way to live in the world that's naturally changing. All right. Because if this if this actually was to happen, what and it's ha- it's it is happening, but they ha- it hasn't happened to the extent it's working its way there. I mean, as it goes down, what that also does is it it releases carbon from the ocean because carbon sinks into the cold water. Now, as the ocean's water gets warmer, it starts rising, all that good stuff. So you're gonna have the Earth just will start releasing a lot of CO two which causes the greenhouse effect, like we are going to get much warmer. And that's the whole basis of what I'm talking about today. We as human beings need to let go of the arrogance that there's actually something we can do about this. We need to just accept the fact that we cannot stop it. And we need to start preparing to live and adapt to it. Is that so hard? I don't think so. Apparently it is because, you know, the world itself is, is, is moving forward. They're doing their thing. For some reason here in the good old US of A, we have to politicize everything. And, but again, when they had this Paris Accords meeting, all they talked about was carbon um, cap and trade stuff like that, reducing emission emissions. Okay, that's awesome. What else are you gonna do? Like, that can't just be the only thing you're doing. That's awesome. Do it. You know, even even if it's not causing it, it can't hurt to do that anyway. But this is what I'm talking about. You have how many nations were there? There was hundreds of nations there. There was a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know the exact number that were at the Paris Accord. And they signed this thing and it was all about emissions and what we're doing about, you know, cutting down the emissions of fossil fuel burning and CO2 into the atmosphere. But you had all these countries together who never took any time and made any plan on how to actually live on a planet that is changing Nope. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, our arrogance was on full display that day there in those Paris Accord meetings where you had all these leaders of all these countries getting together and saying, we can, we can, we can stop this from happening. All we have to do is cut our emissions and we'll be good to go. Oh my goodness. It's like they want to go extinct. So... I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place right now, but I, they're not even accounting for the natural carbon that's being released. Okay. They're just focused on fossil fuels. And like I just said here with the permafrost and, and the ice melting, that alone is going to add 1.5 billion tons of carbon into the atmosphere. That's not fossil fuel related. That's from the earth. All right. What are you going to do? How are you going to cut those that? How are you going to stop that? Are you going to tax glaciers? Are you going to like start building big refrigerators to keep them frozen? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you, it's time to move beyond just the, the 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 fossil fuel emissions and really start getting into how to adapt and live in this environment. They're so stuck. 
on the burning of fossil fuels, which is bad. Like, seriously, look at a smokestack. Would you put your mouth to that and breathe it in? No. But there's so much more to it. And the fact that they can't comprehend that nature itself could be doing this on its own. And of course, we're helping it along. But again, nature is doing it. Right? That's the whole thing. They say um, we're adding to it. Well, we're adding to what? Oh, we're adding to, to climate change. So by saying we're adding to it, you're acknowledging that it's happening on its own anyway. And then you had the people who say, we're the number one, we're the only thing causing it. Well, maybe, doubtful, but maybe. But it's happened before. It's happened many, many times. And like I said before, every time it happens, there's an extinction level event. So what are we going to do? I don't know. Let them figure it out. But we need to stop living under this assumption that we control the planet. That we can fix any problem that's going on on it. And that we're in control. And stop making stupid slogans like save the planet. Like seriously. Save the planet. (laughs) Save the planet from ourselves. Okay. Save ourselves. It should be save humanity. All right, because I think the planet's going to be okay. Even in apocalyptic prophecies in all religions, the planet Earth still remains. The planet Earth doesn't go anywhere, go anywhere. even in religious prophecy. All right, if there was to be an alien invasion, the planet Earth would still remain. You know, If we were wiped out by climate change, the planet Earth would still remain. If we were wiped out by a massive virus, the planet Earth would still remain. You know, it needs to just stop being saved the planet and go to save humanity all right well that's going to wrap it up for today um we're going to be back really quick because we took some time off so we're going to do a quick turnaround and come at you with the um create the disease sell the cure podcast that'll be coming up really soon it's going to be a lot of fun because that's again what we do as humans we create it and then we sell it so take some time think about the whole uh concept of nature itself causing our changing climate take into consideration that it's happened many many other times and that five five times that it did happen um life was wiped out right and that's not even including the ice ages right because that's that's another part you know there's also global cooling which usually follows a spell like that so like what you're looking at now is our climate's going to go up we're either going to die then go extinct from the CO2 and all the gas and all the poison in the air, or we're going to go extinct on the back end when it gets too cold. So either way, we need to start figuring out a way to, uh, to live through this, you know, so human life can continue and go on. All right. We may be at the end of our run. We've had our run, you know, a couple thousand years in a couple thousand years, we've caused so much chaos and damage and, and killed so many things and so many of our ourselves each other that you know nature nature god whoever however to me they're one and the same um just might be like you know what? i'm done with this start over again because it started over how many times already you know you get to a point you start over so take a minute think about that you know I, i'm not trying to like 
get political or anything on this topic. I'm not trying to call anyone stupid or a libertard or a fascist. Um, it's just, it's happening. You know, I think you take politics out of it. It's, it's clear that the climate, that our climate and everything is changing and that it's getting bad and that we need to figure out a way to adapt and evolve and live in it and stop pretending all these stupid political, you know, arguments and ideas that, you know, we're going to, we're going to stop it. No, we can't stop it. We need to adapt. There's no stopping. There's only adapting. And we got to come up with some better ideas. I mean, if we're going to be worthy of surviving this, then we sure as hell need to figure out better solutions than taxing emissions, eating vegetables, and all that other fun stuff, unplugging your stuff. And uh, we got to do better. We got to do better. All right. Well, I want to thank you for taking some time on this journey with me and checking out the Joey P project. Um, remember to download and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, and Google Play Music. And don't forget to check me out on Twitter at the Joey P project. You know, send me some messages, send me some tweets. There's also the Facebook Joey P project. Get involved. You heard? Get involved. All right, later.